The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 14. Let me reread this for reiteration's sake. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, uh, for they are foolishness unto him, neither uh, can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So a natural man, what is that? Well, that's an unsaved person. An unsaved person can come to church. Certainly they can understand the words. They can understand the preaching as far as descriptively given. They can understand when the preacher's talking about lands or cattle. They can understand when the preacher's talking about different definitions. But when it comes to that, which is the deeper things of the word of God, they're spiritually discerned. And only a saved person can be able to begin to understand those things. I want to speak this morning on you must go down to go up. You must go down to go up. Uh, in our Bible, you may look at various things and you may say that verses or yea, even complete chapters or passages, if you will, uh, would be almost like a paradox uh, where the Bible says you must do this in order to obtain this. It's very true in many scriptures. I want to give you several of those this morning. Statement number one, to conquer, you must, we must surrender. To conquer, we must surrender. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 20, therefore it says, if thine uh, enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Uh, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, the Bible says, uh, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so here we'll see the Bible teaches in order to conquer, there must be a surrendering. In other words, a person must surrender to the fact that in order to help someone, you have to go the extra mile. You have to go, if you would please, and try to help them a little bit outside of your comfort zone. You know, a lazy person, if you will, uh, many times will lose, uh, use every excuse under heaven and sometimes ridiculous excuses excuses not to surrender themselves just simply because of the fact that they want to avoid working they want to avoid labor uh, they resist that path of labor they resist that path of effort they resist that path of sacrifice in a great way uh, and because uh, they don't surrender themselves to that which is say getting a job uh, then they never conquer that which is being able to have the right character to hold down a job so in order to conquer there has to be a surrendering statement number one statement number two to live we must die to live we must die all oh, you say but preacher that does make any sense well the Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 24 verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die uh, it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth fruit I was raised on a 180 acre farm and so we would take seeds and we would plant them into the fields and when that seed would uh, begin to die is when birth would come and now you would have that which is the fruit of your labor the fruit of the field the Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 25 the Bible says he that loveth his life shall lose it and he that 
that hateth his life uh, in this world shall uh, keep it, it says, unto eternal life. And so uh, there is that which is a person uh, trying to live and, 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 and selfishly uh, trying to keep themselves to themselves. But then there's that person that says, well, I want to live, if you will, in such a way that I die to myself so that Christ can live through me. The Bible says we're crucified with Christ, nevertheless uh, uh, that I would live, but that he would live through me. And so the Bible teaches that we ought to crucify. Paul talked uh, again, and he said using the word die, or he used the word to mortify, which means to put to death. And so Paul said that uh, there came a time where he had to put his flesh to death. Why? Because he testified. He said the things that I would do, I find myself not doing, and the things that I find myself myself doing that I just wish I wouldn't do and he said there's always going to be that which is the competition there's always going to be that which is the struggle there's always going to be that which is the pulling apart which is the spirit and the flesh the flesh wants to do one thing the spirit wants to do another example uh, probably your flesh did not get excited about getting up this morning and coming to Sunday school or church Probably not. Probably your flesh did not get excited if you read your Bible this morning. Your flesh was not turned on about doing that. Probably not. Probably uh, that uh, when all of a sudden your husband is... Uh, um, uh, somebody that is ornery, if you will, uh, or your wife is ornery, probably you don't want to be extra nice to them. Uh, you want to be able to say things to them uh, with the same type of uh, uh, emotional attachment as they said to you, all right? That's not the best thing to do, all right? So the Bible says that in order for us to live, we must die. Die to what? Well, die to your emotions die to your feelings, die to things that try to control you contrary to the Holy Spirit trying to control you. Did you know that the Bible says he being dead uh, yet liveth or yet speaketh? What does that mean? That means that when a person dies, they leave a legacy behind them and they speak even while they're dead. Have you ever been to a, a cemetery? Uh, I don't do it much in the south, uh, but uh, in the north where I came from, uh, maybe up in the Boston area, maybe up in the New York area, where you have graves of people that died in the 1700s. You have graves of people that died, if you would please, uh, uh, in the 1800s. And for many, many, many years now, that tombstone has been there. And because of the way that they live their life, you'll find out that there's a slogan on there, a word on there, a sentence on there that describes the very character of the person. He being dead, yet speaketh. Uh, there are some people that write books. And when they write books and they die, their books remain in print. He being dead, yet speaketh. Had a friend of mine, he had cancer, he was going to die. And so he wanted to be able to do some special things for his wife for the next four or five years. And so he recorded on a digital recorder uh, special things that he would say to his wife for the next four or five years during their anniversary and left her a nice gift. He being dead, yet 
speak it uh, i have uh, a couple of preacher friends that have done this or business associates one that i know of that has done this that they were getting ready to die their children were just small and so what they did is uh, on a recording device uh, they recorded their uh, uh, messages to the children uh, on a video uh, the the dad would come up and say today i realize that you're seven years of age and even though i'm in heaven i wanted to say happy birthday I'm watching you I love you and he would begin to give a, a little lesson about what a seven-year-old should do to be able to honor his mom and to serve Jesus Christ and so uh, he did that for several several years until they became teenagers what is that preacher I'll tell you what that is he being dead yet uh, speaketh dr. Lee Robertson was the pastor of the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga Tennessee had a baby by the name of joy uh, joy uh, uh, not long after she was born, died. Dr. Robertson was very taken back by that in his life, and so was Mrs. Robertson. And so they began to pray. And they said, you know, uh, Joy, if she was alive, we'd raise her right. If she was alive, she'd be in church today. If she was alive, she'd be helping other people come to know Christ as Savior. Then all of a sudden the light came on and Dr. and Mrs. Robertson said this, we ought to do something to remember joy to help her have a fulfilled life that she can look over from the portals of heaven and see how God is using her testimony even to this day. And so uh, they raised the money and they bought a camp. They bought that camp and they called it Camp Joy. For many, 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 many years, uh, uh, people all over America would send their children free of charge to Camp Joy. And it was in honor of his daughter that died at a very early age, he being dead, yet speak it and so we see to conquer we must surrender to live we must die to self statement number next uh, to save life we must lose we have to lose it to save the life what do you mean well here's what the bible says matthew chapter 10 and verse 34 the bible says he that findeth his life shall lose it and he that loseth his life shall find it uh, luke chapter 17 verse 33 the bible says whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it reminds me the story of old george mueller george mueller coming up as a young man wanted to be a missionary as he wanted to be the missionary he tried to do everything he could within his power to be able to become a missionary he went to his daddy and he said now daddy I like to go through this particular missionary board and in order to be able to go through this particular missionary board the father had to sign for permission for him to go dad refused dad said I don't think it's the will of God I don't think you ought to go on the mission field at this stage in your life and so he said I refuse well then Mueller decided to launch out by himself and try and raise money outside of a mission board and so he decided the quickest way that he learned from those that were not living for God to get money was the gamble and so he took his money he went down to the gambling place and he gambled and he he won.
When he won, uh, he thought, I'm going to pay my own way. Doesn't matter what my daddy says. Doesn't matter what anybody says. I'm going to pay my own way to the mission field. And God got a hold of his heart. And God said, you're going about this the wrong way. And so therefore, uh, he said, I'll not use that money for that. And I don't know what he did with it, but he didn't use it for that purpose. And then later on, uh, God spoke to his heart about uh, opening up those orphanages to all these orphanage kids. But he knew. He knew that at one time he had a gambling problem. And I believe this with all my heart. He decided that he was not going to ask anybody for money save Jesus Christ and God the Father. And so uh, what he would do is he would pray. And he would say, dear God, please send food in to take care of these little orphan kids. And he'd pray and he'd pray and he'd pray. And God answered his prayer. Uh, over $5 million uh, of food and resources and buildings came that way. Why? Because here was a man that learned to uh, not save his life, but to lose his life. And because he lost his life, God gave many boys and girls around the world a place to be able to live. I'm saying uh, to conquer, we must surrender. To live, we must die. To save, we must lose. Uh, to get, we must give. Listen to your Bible. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, the Bible says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. How you like that one, huh? You people, it's on all these diets. He says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. He said, uh, he says, and uh, he that watereth uh, shall uh, uh, be watered also himself. Now, the Bible's not talking about the fat on your bones, and I'm sorry to say it. But uh, he says this, that as a person gives, as they're liberal in their giving, he says, I'll make sure that it's given to you. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure pressed down and shaking together running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that is meet wherewith uh, it shall be measured to you again now here's the bible principle and you've heard me speak on this so very often and many of you are doing this and that's why god's blessing you financially but uh, if you give to god here's the teaching of the verse if you give to god in a thimble god will certainly give it back to you pressed down running over but he's going to measure it to you the same way you measured it to him so if you give to God in a thimble oh yes he'll give it back to you pressed down and running over and uh, he'll use men to give into your bosom he sure will but uh, if you give to God in a thimble then God gives it back to you in a thimble if you give to God in a six-ounce cup, God gives it back to you in a six-ounce cup. Now, it's going to be different. It's going to be pressed down. It's going to be shaken together. It's going to be running over. But to the same way that you treat your God is the same way that your God will treat you. But he will give you blessing on top of it. It's just measured the same way you measured it to him. And so if you give to God in a uh, half a gallon, he gives it back in a half a gallon. Difference, difference. It's pressed down. It's shaken together. It's running over. It's if you give to God in a gallon, same way he gives back to you, except it is pressed down, it's shaken together, it's running over, shall men give into your bosom. So God says, by the same way that you give is the same way that you receive. What's he talking about here? He's talking about that we get, uh, to get we must give. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, but this I say, uh, he that uh, which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth 
soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, and for there uh, sh uh, thou shalt find uh, it afterwards many days. All right? And so God says this. God says that the same way that we give. Oh, I lived on that farm, you know. And if we sowed seed sparingly, our crop would come up. And it would come up. I'm telling you, it would come up. But it would come up sparingly. But if we sowed seed bountifully, even some by the way of the road as we would go out into the fields and it would fall off of the wagon and uh, we'd sow seeds bountifully, guess what? Uh, then come harvest time, we'd reap in a bountiful way. And by the way, uh, that's just not talking about your finances. Consider that with joy. Consider that with forgiveness. Uh, consider that with restoration. Uh, consider that, if you would please, with being kind. Uh, consider that with being polite. Consider that with uh, helping someone. Someone. Consider that with uh, investing your life in someone the same way that you uh, sow it is the same way that you reap it. A young man uh, was starting a business and uh, he came to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I'd like to have God's blessings on my business and so tell me what to do. And the pastor said, well, let me ask you just a personal question since you've asked me to help you. Uh, I'd like to help you in your personal life. If you want God to bless you and bless your business, let me ask you a question. Do you tithe? He said, well, no, I don't tithe. He said, well, you're supposed to give 10% of your gross. Why don't you start doing that and see if God bless your business more? And God did begin to bless his business. Matter of fact, God began to open the windows of heaven and pour him out a blessing so much that he couldn't gone by the same man faithful to church tithing giving offerings doing all that he should and God just kept blessing because as a man soweth that shall he also reap and so God just kept blessing and kept blessing and kept blessing and finally he became a multimillionaire and he said uh, to the pastor on this particular day sitting in the office he said pastor he said I, I got good news good news he said today uh, will be the day uh, at the end of the year where I have personally from my business because I listened to you he said I uh, this day he said I'm reporting I'm clearing six million dollars this one year alone six million dollars he said now I got a problem he said now in order for me to tithe off that six million dollars I'm supposed to give six hundred thousand dollars he said I'll be honest with you I can't afford to do it just can't afford to do it he said, all these years, he said, I tithed and I did right by God, but now, he said, I just can't afford to give uh, the Lord through the local church $600,000. Oh, pastor said, well, we can fix that real good. He said, let me pray with you that God would lower your income so that you could afford to tithe. <laughs> After the pastor said that, he said, no, I think I'll, I, I'll, I'll take care of the other. Now, did you know that was a wise fellow that did that? Uh, to reign, I'm saying statement number next, we must serve. To reign, we must serve. Luke chapter 12 and verse 43, the Bible said, Blessed is that servant uh, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall, listen to it now, find so doing. Talking about the servant. Then find 
so doing. And so uh, there is uh, Adonai Judson. Adonai Judson was a, a pioneer missionary to Burma. We know it today as uh, Miramar, uh, but he was, uh, uh, he was uh, 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 a frontiersman, if you will, and uh, had great hardships, tried to give the gospel, nobody would receive it, went through all sorts of different sicknesses, and uh, wound up in prison for a period of time, and uh, heavily persecuted, and his family, you know, his first wife, of course, died, several of his children died, buried there on the mission field, and at one point, he wrote back to America, and he said this, he said, uh, if I had felt uh, certain that every additional trial was ordered by a definite love of mercy, he said, uh, I would not have been able to sustain the sufferings, but I feel that these trials are ordained by God. Now, can I tell you that sometimes we go through trials and those trials are ordained by God. Now, what's that talking about? Well, terrain you must serve. Aaron Judson's been dead for a long time. Aaron Judson's been dead for a long time. But yet, if you go over to Burma today, matter of fact, a friend of mine went over to Burma and he was preaching in Burma and he found the city, if you will, that uh, Judson started his church and he went in and he said, uh, does anybody remember Judson? And boy, did those in the village remember Judson and uh, this was many many hundreds of years ago when this uh, missionary went there now can I tell you that uh, when a person decides that they're going to reign uh, and then it's all about them but if they decide they're going to serve then God will allow them to serve many people not just a few people uh, so to reign what do you do well serve just go around serving people you want friends by the way Bible says if you want friends you must be friendly must show yourself friendly uh, doesn't that make sense you ever see somebody go into a room and when they come into the room they bring gloom you ever see somebody go into the room when they go into a room they bring happiness you know why because uh, people most of the time they will not be actors most people are that way if somebody goes into a room and they're telling a bunch of jokes, it's amazing how everybody tries to tell a joke. Isn't that amazing? Uh, you go into a room and you go over somebody's house and they say, eating time? Normally, you're not going to be the one sitting in the living room saying, I don't want any. You smell the food. The food has a certain aroma to it. All of a sudden, your, 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 your stomach begins to uh, do a dance, and you're heading out in that direction. Why? You want to eat just like everybody else. I'm saying this. I'm saying to live, we must die. To save our life, we must lose. Uh, in order to get, we must give. In order to reign, there must be serving. Uh, statement number next, and I'm almost done. In order to be wise, we must become as fools. Now, God compares wisdom with that which is foolishness. Now, here's how he does it. Watch this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Now, uh, we ought to be able to have learning and instruction from this world, but we ought to get our true wisdom from God. We ought not to be wise in our own endeavors. Well, I tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. I believe I ought to raise my children this way. But what does God say about it? Well, I think I ought to live my life this way. But what does God say about it? Well, I think that my opinion should be this. But what does God say about it?
We don't need to be a society that takes God out. We need to be a society that brings God in. May I remind you, when we had the Bible in the public schools, the public schools were doing a whole lot better. May I remind you, we had prayer in the public schools, uh, the public schools doing a whole lot better. May I remind you, when uh, we did the Pledge of Allegiance, just a very simple thing, one nation under God. Just a very simple thing. When we did that in the public schools, we had public schools did a whole lot better. Now, may I say this? May I say, uh, to be wise, we must become fools. Now, how? Uh, not by taking the wisdom of this world, but by taking that which is the wisdom of God and just to realize we don't know everything. You ever get around somebody and you just have the impression that they think that they know everything? By the way, most people that are full of opinions can't help but share them. Because what's in is going to eventually come out. By the way, that's how come there's marriages in distress. Somebody in the marriage can't keep their mouth shut. Now, can I say this? In order to be wise, sometimes we just need to uh, be foolish enough to take things in and just listen. Just listen. I remember when I was seven years old. Seven. Seven. Uh, that is six with, uh, uh, if you would please, uh, five added to, uh, uh, or one added to it. Seven. Seven. I was seven years old. My grandfather had a four tractor. And my grandfather said, today, you're going to learn to drive the tractor. I said, Grandpa, I can't reach the, the, the pedal. He said, I've got it fixed. He took two by fours, and he nailed them together, and they were sticking out about like that. And then what he did is he took a tape, and he taped my foot to the accelerator. He showed me what to do. Now, he rode beside me. It had a fender. He rode beside me, and he showed me what to do. Now, can I tell you uh, that, 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 that four-wheel Ford um, tractor, I, I had a blast. I mean, I would push down. He'd change the gears and all that stuff. He'd, he'd you know, uh, do the clutching and all that. But can I, can I tell you, I knew nothing about that at all except I was having fun. I let him be able to guide me all the way through. You know, it is something when you let somebody guide you all the way through how things change. And, and you possess, uh, the, when I was a young preacher, I said this before, I used to hang around the older preachers that had wisdom so that I could learn from the older preachers that had wisdom how I ought to conduct myself as a young preacher that had not much wisdom. Now, what is that? Uh, that is somebody that's trying to be wise, but yet you become a fool, somebody not knowing it all in order to obtain. Last thing I say is this. Uh, uh, to, to be exalted, you must be humble. Uh, Jerry Pertell told me this many years ago. He said, Mike, he said, if God ever begins to use you, uh, stay low. Just stay low. In other words, don't, don't get caught up in yourself. Just stay low. Now, that's important. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4, last verse I'll read. He says, um, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. 
the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he said to humble yourself as a little. You know, one thing I really enjoy about Parkside Baptist Church and all the ministries that we have is the servants' hearts that we have where people humble themselves, people that work in law firm offices, people that work uh, in uh, doctor's offices, uh, people that work in the police department, people that work uh, out on the street, people that work in apartment buildings, people that work in nursing homes, people that work as secretaries, people that work as nurses, people that work uh, for the government, people that work uh, uh, in various uh, uh, types of uh, places around and with uh, selling houses and, and uh, uh, doing all sorts of stuff. And yet, when we come together, uh, we humble ourselves to be able to help uh, everybody else around. Yeah, I'm amazed that the Pastor Pirate Club that we just started in uh, just the other day, uh, 45, went to Longview for an event, a Pastor Pirate event, and I was amazed of those that's given themselves for that particular ministry. I was amazed that the, uh, the 40 that was turned into me that helped with that yard sale out there. Mm, that was amazing to me. And all the gospel tracts given out and all the smiles and the handshakes and helping to load stuff into people's vehicles and making sure that it was cleaned up after the event was over. I was amazed about the 40 or so that helped out with the barbecue sale and the, the ladies' uh, yard sale yesterday. And then 60-some then, uh, people going out knocking doors and inviting people to come to church and to come to Jesus. Now, wait a minute. You know, uh, what is that? That's effort. That's serving. That's serving. You know, isn't it amazing when we come in uh, uh, on Sunday night how the auditorium has automatically cleaned itself? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how when you come here on Sunday uh, or Saturday morning, uh, how uh, uh, the, the auditorium is cleaned then too? You know, there's so many different people that's helping so many different families that say, hey, preacher, can we help to do this? 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 It's not about everybody leading per se. It's about us working together to make the church be what it ought to be. You know, one thing I love about a growing church is when new people join and they come to me. Uh, the other night, we had a, 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 a leaders and workers meeting, and I went back, and uh, I was a little bit late getting into the uh, 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 leaders and workers meeting. Well, for two reasons, because number one, I always go in there, and I have to wait, so I thought well, it would be good for them to wait. And, and so uh, I arrived in just a little bit late. But number two, I had people coming by the office. And they were just coming by the office, and they said, hey, can I do this? Can I do this? You mentioned this. I can do this. Could I help out with this? And there was a line of people by the office, uh, many of them new members, saying, I could help with this. Would it be okay if I help with this? Would it be okay if I get involved in this way? Now, by the way, that's what makes a church a great place to come and serve. Because people wanting to get involved and help and serve and love. And may I say this morning, uh, you and I must go down in order to go up as far as helping people. Father, bless we do pray. Thank you for church. Thank you for these. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.